Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are live in the living room, and as always, I am joined by my three co-hosts and, this week, a very special guest. We have joining us, Andres, the Cavalier King, Bryant, first prize, Flores, and none other than Mr. Champagne Chauncey. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back, and welcome to our very special guest, Dan the Man, Clam Chowda. This episode, Champagne Chauncey hits two milestones this past weekend. Yours truly is well aware of the big game on Sunday, but loves the college hoops lineup this Saturday. Andres gets extremely creative with his bowl predictions for Super Bowl Sunday, and Flores does not appreciate the disrespect of a former NFL player. Our special guest, he said he looks like a meerkat. You have to listen to the very end of the show to hear that story. We're going to get into all this and we're going to answer all these questions after a quick message from our sponsor. Before we get the show started into full swing, I want to send a hearty congratulations to our very own Mr. Champagne Chauncey. Champagne Chauncey, a.k.a. Matthew Cosby, a.k.a. as my dad likes to call him, Mr. Louisville. Um, Champagne Chauncey hit 21 points. He predicted in the bold predictions portion of our show, he predicted Conor McGregor was going to get knocked out. And um, Conor McGregor got his ass kicked in the second round. Chauncey, congratulations. Each of us owes you a six-pack of beer, whatever your choice is. Each bold prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers. And we all as a group have to decide if the prediction is bold enough. Uh, Chauncey, congratulations once again. You are the first winner of the foursome. Do you have any words to say? Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the shout out. Went out on a limb with the bold prediction, but I honestly felt in my heart, not I'm not going to say I felt in my heart, but I honestly thought that Connor could lose the fight, not because of his opponent so much, even though I should give that dude more credit than we were giving him, Poirier, but uh, also just because he was on such a long layoff. And I think, you know, whether it's boxing, whether it's, you know, MMA, any sport, whether it's team, combat, individual, anytime you have a long layoff, you know, it's going to be it's going to be hard knocking some of the dust off. So uh, I'll get back to you, gentlemen, uh, as far as what beer I would like to, <laughs> to have. Also, Pat, I know I know we have a special guest, which I'll let you announce. But does that mean I get some beer from him, too? <laughs> we'll have to um, we'll have to figure out how that's going to work out. There might be a side bet that you guys can establish throughout this show. And uh, we can go from there. But uh, Andres, speaking of Cham- uh, Champagne Chauncey being the greatest right now, he's on top of the world. Uh, you have a little bit of a fan club that you want to introduce. I, I mean, uh, I like to thank the the listeners, uh, specifically the lady listeners. I guess is a hit with Champagne Chauncey because 
this guy has the voice sweeter than champagne. So <laughs> this guy had a layoff last week, and yet he somehow gets a, a fan club. So I'm very excited to know that we're gaining loyalty amongst our listeners. Thank you very much. I don't even care that Champagne Chauncey has a fan club. I'm excited for him. I'm going to be his manager for touring dates and, and voice dates uh, coming soon. But we have a very much big guest in the studio, or I should say from his studio onto ours. Uh, the president and CEO of the Champagne Chauncey Club and the man clan Chowder Man all the way from the Northeast. Chowder, welcome back. We missed you, brother. Congratulations, congratulations. I'm, being, I'm, I'm being a dad too, by the way. Thanks, thanks. That's you know, I, I've uh, talking about layovers. I've been on a layover, so I might, uh, I might not be my best today, but I'm, I'm certainly going to give it my best. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much. Just had a, a newborn son about five months ago and uh, moved across the country, and I'm coming at you live from the home of ESPN Studios, Bristol, Connecticut, <laughs> where we are um, about two feet buried under snow. That was about the most aggressive welcome uh welcome that i could have possibly gotten after living in los angeles for the last eight years um and i gotta say uh chauncey regarding your voice there's uh there's a radio station out here hot 93.7 in the morning they have this character that they call the voice uh and it's this deep smooth 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 voice that all the ladies come in they start talking about it and you know I, i've known you now for a couple of years i've known you in person but i've never really just listened to you talk and i I gotta say, I I, I get it. I kind of get it. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate you, my man. I, and for for anyone who knows, wants to know where I pattern my voice after, go get Snoop Doggy Dog's debut album, Doggy Style. Listen to the skits. You'll listen to DJ Easy Dick, and that's where I got my voice inspiration. From. <laughs> hey, Easy, Easy Dick, Easy Dick, and the Jack Off Power. You know it, baby. <laughs> I'll get you a beer just for that. There you go. But Champagne, real quick, quick though, how does it feel to have your own fan club? I mean, you're getting, you're getting some noise, man. I love it. Yeah, man. It ain't even. I'm, I'm super humble with it. And like you said, Andres, hey, all for one, one for all. With the more listeners, the better for the show, man. You know, whether it's me, Flores, you know, you, uh, Patrick, shit. Even if it's if it's clam chowder. You know, the more listeners we can get, man, the better for the show. So I'm just happy that we're getting listeners and people are sticking with us. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just a little, surpri- I'm just a little disappointed, man. People are trying to slide into your DMs, and we can't even get some stories to tell about that. Ah, uh, man. Well, maybe one day I'll reactivate the, the Instagram. <laughs> so, hey, so r- real quick before we get uh, Dan Clam Chowder's headline, Chance, I think a good day for you to reactivate your Instagram is on Easter. And that's that's about a month and a half away. I think you should I think you should rise on Easter. Uh, we can discuss that later on. Uh, but Dan, Dan, do you have a hero or a headline this week? I have a hero, and, and thanks so much for asking. I'm, I'm actually gonna. Um, turn this into a little bit of a, of a serious topic for, for just a second. I don't, I think I mentioned this last time I was on the show, but what I do outside of the podcast and, and guest appearing on the podcast is I recruit traveling nurses for uh, one of the largest travel nursing agencies in the industry. And, and I'm really excited that um, my hero this week is one of my nurses who uh, has been working in New York city in the middle of the pandemic for the last year or so. And, um, the reason that 
she's relevant to uh, to this podcast is because this Friday on Good Morning America, uh, she's going to be surprised by myself and the NFL Network with a ticket to the Super Bowl. And I couldn't be more excited for her. She's a huge, well, it's, it's going to be a surprise, so I don't want to give away too much uh, about her and, and her personal details uh, because I know that she's uh, an avid loyal listener of uh, Weekend Stars on Wednesday, but I couldn't be more excited to uh, to be able to say that. So, um, little cross promotion. Tune into Good Morning America this Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern um, and uh, watch us surprise this real life hero uh, with a ticket to uh, her dream event, the Super Bowl. So, Dan, um, she's she's been at, in New York City fighting the the pandemic, and you've been basically her employer, keeping her on a contract. Has she taken a break, or she's just been collecting paychecks every week ever since March? Yeah, she's she's been working nonstop. She actually uh, started working in uh, in New York City uh, in November of 2019, okay. and um, it was right around the end of her three month contract when the first real COVID cases started um, appearing in New York City, and and it started kind of um, you know snowballing and becoming a, a real big thing. And at the end of her contract, she was planning on just moving back home. Uh, and she called me up and said, um, Mr. Clam Chowder, she didn't call me that, but, uh, you know, that's what I heard in my mind. She said, Mr. Clam Chowder, I, I, I'm, I'm a nurse and this is where I'm needed right now. Is there any way that I can extend my contract and stay for longer? Uh, and, you know, we reached out to the hospital and, and they jumped at the opportunity to keep her. And, um, yeah, she's, she's been there. Um, working fairly consistently since uh, November of 2019, and so she's uh, she's kind of seen it all. All right. Well, I, I will definitely make sure to record Good Morning America on Friday. That's that's going to be really sweet for her. I'm sure she can use you know not only the treat and the gesture from the company, but you know a little bit of a break and a reward. Hopefully, she can turn it into a weekend, you know, a little vacation if her recruiter can get her the time off. Right. <laughs> We're still working on that. <laughs> hey, 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 Dan, that, that's, that's an awesome story, man. Um, obviously, want to give a shout out to the first responders, all those nurses, uh, those in the medical field that are, you know, on the front lines, you know, battling COVID. But I just had a quick question. The presentation happens on Friday. Like, as far as travel and all that, is that being worked out by the NFL or is that something she has to work out on her own? Yeah, it's already handled. The, the flight's booked. She's flying out um, Friday afternoon, and she actually uh, coincidentally already had the weekend off, so that works really well. I just got to hope to get her back before her shift starts Monday morning at 8 a.m., so, <laughs> uh, so hopefully uh, hopefully they give a little bit of grace on that. They, um, they're looking into switching her shifts already right now, so uh, but yeah, everything's it's all taken care of. She has no idea. She's just going to be surprised Friday morning, and everything's set up it's going to be a royal princess treatment they're going to escort her to the airport put her on a plane first class all the way through and uh and then they have a flight for her back monday morning so um it's going to be it should be a really really cool experience <laughs> that's awesome keeping with the super bowl theme flores would not tell us his headline or his hero he said don't worry guys it's super bowl related flores over to you and i just wanted to say that's such a cool story you know, the weekend's going to start on Friday for her. If only they could just, you know, move it up to have it be on Wednesday for her to just go out and have a couple of extra days. But, hey, she's getting, she's getting that awesome trip. That's super cool. 
Um, my headline hero, kind of a little bit of both, is the weekend, no pun intended. Um, he started off the Super Bowl week. He teamed up for Black History Month also with Postmates to highlight a couple black-owned restaurants. He delivered 150 meals from Mama Southern Soul Food to Advent Health. Advent Health Carrollwood Medical Facility in Tampa. So uh, he's, he's doing his part, too. And the reason why I wanted to, to bring up The weekend, obviously, is because he is the performer for the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And the stadium's going to be about a third full. So it is going to be a pretty packed stadium compared to what we're used to. As we've noticed with some of the games recently, whenever there are any fans in the stadium, they just seem to go extra crazy right now because of everything going on. And the noise level, it kind of rivals having the full stadium in there, to, to be honest with you, especially because we're so used to the complete silence. Um, but The weekend, this is my headline, and this is why I'm bringing him up. He's actually paying $7 million of his own money for his performance. So normally, just to give you guys an idea, these artists, they, everything gets paid for by the NFL. About $10 million is what's usually spent on these halftime performances, which go 12 to 13 minutes long. So the weekend is adding an additional $7 million to make this one of the best halftime shows ever. He's What he's trying to do, I, I heard and I read, and I was trying to verify this, is extend it a little bit. I heard initially that he had spent some of this money to buy a couple of extra 30-second slots to extend the performance. I don't know how true that is. But he had his after-hours tour canceled due to COVID. So I can see why he's just going all out on this performance to really just booster himself. And, and he understands just, you know, the gravity of the situation. I mean, a lot of the times, more people watch the actual halftime shows than mm -hmm. watch the game. So it's just pretty cool to me that the weekend – He's doing his thing when it comes to the charity work there. He understands how important that is. A lot of um, companies, like I think I think it was Budweiser, Coors, aren't having commercials because they're donating to frontline workers as well. So everybody's really taking this opportunity to spread the joy to the people that have been spreading the joy to sick people for the last year plus. But the frontline workers just, you know, relating that to Clam Chowder's um, his story that he said too. So it's just pretty cool that the weekend is, is keeping that tradition going and also making this an extra large performance for sure. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. The Weekend Starts on Wednesday, baby. We are ready. Uh, we're going to start off on the East Coast basketball, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The 76ers versus the Hornets. Uh, the Hornets are one game under 500, and the Sixers are in position to make a run at first place by the time the season is over. Uh, we do have Dan the Man Clam Chowder still with us, and uh, he is a new dad. And today I asked him, I said, how is your son doing? And he said, bro, he is such an athlete. Quick reaction time, fast hands. I, I can't even tell you how much of a great athlete he is. Now, uh, Dan, I what did I say after you? What did I call you after you told me that? Uh, you said that I was um, 
I was a lot like LeVar Ball. Um, <laughs> and, and, and at first I was like, nah, I mean, I'm, I'm not like that. But then I really started thinking about it. I'm like, this is probably how LeVar started being LeVar. You know, he looked at his little five-month-old, saw the way that he reached right out for his teething toy and grabbed it in, in one shot and brought it straight to his mouth and chomped down on it real hard. He's like, hey, my boy's got something right here. <laughs> and then you, and you just nurture that. And you just, you, you help that grow. And, you know, before you know it, you know that your son's going to the NBA. And then you have another son and you know that that one's going to the NBA because you already know that the genes are there. And then the next thing you know, you got another one coming in and that one's going to the NBA too. And then you make a couple mistakes along the way and they end up playing overseas in some, you know, third world. Uh, but in the end, you know what the dream is and you get them there and you know that if they don't make it, it's your own fault because you saw what they had at five months. And it's, it's really up to me to really uh, develop that and, and nurture it until, uh, you know, until we're making money off it. Right, so if, if we don't so, see so that, go ahead. So really real quick, just because we, I know how much of an athlete you are considering you're a champion in soccer in all, in all yeah. levels of the game. So we yeah, expect to see your kid to be in the USA national team by the time he's 17 playing for Dortmund you know, at 15. To be honest, I don't know uh, what sport he's going to choose. Uh, it's it's still too early for to for to you know that to be determined. And I don't want to be the one <laughs> to force something down his throat like that. Um, but whichever sport he chooses, he's going to be the best. He's never going to lose. Um, he's going to end up being the, the, the greatest of all time. Uh, you know, one on one, I know that I could beat Christian Pulisic, who I think you're referring to, playing at Dortmund at, at 17 years old. I've never lost to him. I never will lose to him um and you know i know my son's gonna be the same way <laughs> so the youngest ball brother um lamello caught you know he caught everyone's attention um and this is why flores wants to highlight this game flores over to you and i'll say this about lavar ball i think he knew way even before his kids were born because he chose he said he chose his wife based off the fact that she would be a great mating partner to have these athlete children so yeah, LeVar's been planning this forever, and his plan is coming to fruition. I mean, his youngest son, he came out a couple weeks ago, and he said, this kid needs to be starting, and guess what? He started. And the, the Hornets have gone on a three-game winning streak. They're currently in eighth place in the East, going up against the Sixers, who are in first place in the East still. The Sixers came off of a big win last week against the Lakers. If you guys saw the game, it was a hell of a game. The Lakers came back. Everybody thought the game was over. And they came back and they thought they won the game. But then Tobias Harris comes and shoots a dagger two-point shot into the fucking basket, wins the game for the Sixers on a walk-off, and the Sixers end up with the biggest victory of the season. So the Sixers are rolling. The Hornets are rolling. Gordon Hayward is leading the charge for the Hornets. And LaMelo Ball is finally starting. So... It's just, it, the, the Hornets are what the Pelicans were last year, where it's must-see TV because of Zion. What is Zion going to do? You know, all the new nucleus that the, that the Pelicans had last year is what the Hornets have this year with Hayward being an addition to the team, Ball being a new addition to the team. So that's why I'm really excited that now they turn the corner. They're 10 and 11. They're about to get to 500 if they win this game. Mm. 
And who knows where they'll end up at the end of the season and going into seasons in the future, too. So really excited to watch this game. And that that kicks off Wednesday night. Uh, and then Andres, Andres, it's a 5 p.m. game. And um, before I introduce the game, we have a listener, weekly listener. He, he knows all of us, uh, Thomas. He is a, a co-worker of Dan and myself. And he's actually more than that. He's a friend. He will be on the show soon to talk hockey and soccer down the road. But he says he has two picks tomorrow for hockey. It's the Flyers to win and the Lightning to win. The Lightning are such a favored. He wants to parlay the Philadelphia Flyers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So are you a doubting Thomas on that, Andres? Um, no, I think the, the uh, Lightning is an easy bet. I just don't like the juice on it at minus 320. I don't think you should ever pay that kind of juice on a hockey game or a team pregame. Um, I think the Flyers is a great bet. The Flyers are at home, and the Flyers-Bruins, look, you, I know it's Wednesday night, and everybody's hockey, you know, us West Coasters don't know, but dude, this is this is hockey time now, and I'm glad to see it. You want to see boxing matches on the ice? Let's, let's dance. There are people going to be dancing, throw some blows, high scoring. This is all you want for a nice Wednesday evening. I'm taking the Flyers to beat up on the, the Boston Bruins. Uh, they just, they're on fire right now. And how, um, Hart has been playing really well in goaltending. Um, and they're, uh, Ribbon is uh, leading the scorers for Philly. So, you know, there's there's a lot of potential, a lot of good games. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, I highly recommend it. So the, the Bruins and Flyers is equivalent to, you want to say like, the Raiders and Chargers? Is that the kind of proximity yeah. and rivalry? Well, no, Ra- Raiders, Raiders and Broncos. Okay. That way. Okay. So, or, or the Cardinals, Cardinals and Cubs in baseball. Okay. So the reason why I was asking specifically about the Raiders is because on Thursday, Raider Nation is going to rise. Raider Nation is strong again. The Super Bowl is in five days, but Raider Nation does not care because they are going to be watching the Al Davis documentary. Let's have Flores introduce it and then pass it over to Chance because we know Chance is the man for documentaries. Yeah, so at 6 p.m. Pacific, we're going to have the debut. I think this is the first documentary since The Last Dance that ESPN has had. Um, So it's been a while. But what they're doing is... Now that the the Raiders, you know, they just finished their first season at Allegiant Stadium. It's it's been a wild ride with them being in Las Vegas, but it's been an even wilder ride them going from Oakland to LA back to Oakland and then end up in Las Vegas. And the documentary is going to explore the Raiders' historic rise to become honestly one of the most successful franchises. You can say what you want about the Raiders, but Hey, guess what the Raiders produced? The Raiders produced John Madden, and that's who, at the end of the day, the name behind football when it comes to video games is John Madden. One of the most recognizable names in the history of football is John Madden, and that's what the Raiders produced. The Raiders have one of the most recognizable uh, logos that there is in any American sport, so 
it's just it's crazy what Al Davis created. It's called Al Davis versus the NFL. <laughs> There's already been, I believe, a thirty for thirty on the Raiders that I think Ice Cube did, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago. But this is a different angle on that, just exploring the rise of the Raiders as a whole and what they've meant to the NFL. So, Chance, what can you say about the Raiders and what they've meant to the NFL? Man, everything. And, you know, it's funny because you're talking about that helmet and that logo, the first helmet. And, you know, football is my first love. As much as I get on the show, the podcast, and talk about how much I love basketball, which I really do, my first love was football. And my mom told me a story that when I was young, when I was like two or three years old, um, you know, she would be watching Monday Night Football. And she said that any time, you know, I, I, the Raiders, the helmet that I had was a Raiders helmet. But she said any time one of the players – would like get tackled she said I would get up run around and fall down because the player got tackled so that that Raiders helmet was a staple of my childhood but man Al Davis uh you want to talk about a maverick or a pioneer or someone who's just always willing to shake up uh you know just the system at its core that is Al Davis you know part of the reason I think that this this documentary and like Flores said it's the second one because Ice Cube did the first one uh, where he actually got to interview Al Davis, but unfortunately Al Davis has, has moved on. Um, you know, the reason that this show is called, or this documentary is the Raiders versus the NFL, is because Al Davis had a very, very contentious relationship with Pete Rozelle. And Pete Rozelle was the commissioner of the NFL, um, as we've seen it become today. Like, he was the one who presided over the NFL when it was just like 12 teams, when it blew up to 28 to now 32 teams. And Al Davis, you want to talk about just like a pillar since we're talking or since it is Black History Month, Patrick, you know, this was a guy who was a champion of civil rights. I mean, one of the, you know, the first black executive, the first Latino coach with Tom Flores, who went on to win a few Super Bowls. Um, you know, he was one of the first ones to really put women in, in high executive positions uh, within his franchise. So a lot of respect for him and the way he did it. And I, look, man, I got to tell you, like Flores said, you know, nothing come, comes across stronger or more bolder, Patrick, in my opinion, than that black and gold. Mm-hmm. That, or excuse me, that black and that black and uh, silver. That silver and black, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it puts fear, strikes fear in, in, in its opponents. So really excited for this documentary. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of like striking fear and being so um, prominent, the driving by the stadium, it's right up on the freeway. And it looks, as you can simply put, it looks pretty hard. Like, it's a tough-looking stadium. I dig it. One day I will visit. Uh, but that's that's Thursday to kick off Thursday. And then we have a – ba- Patrick, yes. Patrick, hold on. Before we move on from Thursday, one thing that I did want to mention too, I know you're big on baseball. I know a lot of our fans are big on baseball. We live here in Los Angeles where there's a big Latino community. So one thing that we have going on right now, matter of fact, started January 31st and it goes through February 6th, is the Serie del Caribe, the Caribbean Series 2021, the 63rd edition of the international competition. Really quick, just want to give a quick summary of this. We have six teams, the winner of the Colombian Professional Baseball League, the Mexican Pacific League, the Panamanian League, the Puerto Rican League, the Dominican Republic League and the Venezuelan League, all six of those champions pretty much playing a round robin. And then Saturday and Sunday, Saturday we have the semifinals, Sunday we have the finals. 
Right now, Colombia is unfortunately in last place at 0-3. They lost to Mexico, uh, I think it was yesterday. But we have we have games going on Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday, Colombia is playing Puerto Rico at 2 p.m. Pacific. Mm. Mexico plays against Panama at 7 p.m. Pacific. Thursday, we have Panama against Puerto Rico starting as early as 10.30 a.m. Colombia against the Dominican Republic at 2.30. And then Venezuela against Mexico at 7 p.m. So if you guys want to watch some baseball, Latin Americans are great at this, and they always have some flash. These stadiums have people in them. I think it's either 50% or 75% capacity-filled stadiums. So you'll be able to see some fans there. You'll be able to get a nice little atmosphere going as far as watching some baseball. So just wanted to throw that into before we moved on from Thursday. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a question for Dan. Um, you better not switch out. You better not switch out your hat, your Dodgers hat with your Red Sox hat since you're back over there on the East Coast now. What are you going to do? I mean, the whole reason that I stopped being a Sox fan is because they did me dirty, and me moving back home doesn't change that fact. Go Dodgers, baby. <laughs> okay, so you got love for L.A. Um, you got love for L.A., and you got love for LeBron James. You love LeBron James, and LeBron James has a big, big game Thursday night against Joker and the Nuggets. You think LeBron will pull off the victory for the Angelinos? saw the clip of him getting in a fight with that uh that blonde on the sidelines the other night but uh you know he certainly put her in her place and he's going to put joker in his place too andres do you have your lineup set for tomorrow night andres i've i've got the number one player in the league i mean i got the mvp in the league i've got the, the, the king joker himself the jokesters of all joker is already i set it up already before the show he's ready to play he got an extra day of rest so that's going to screw me in the points this week for missing a game last night or the night before. Okay. Right. Denver's been playing lights out right now. Lights out, Pat. And, uh, you know, the Lakers, not too great the last couple of days. So I'm hoping there's another, you know, Barbie blonde on the sidelines in Denver, uh, mouthing off. So <laughs> maybe there's two of them. And then it disrupts the game. I don't know. So you got uh, Daddy Joker on your team then, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, that that's Thursday's games. And then Friday is one game, the Celtics of Boston taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers lost a close one tonight versus uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I didn't think that they were going to come that close to actually winning the game. I thought they would lose by 10 or more. Uh, Celtics are playing right now in Golden State, taking on the Warriors. Uh, Chance, do you happen to know – if the Celtics are winning right now, and do you think they're going to win on Friday? So the Celtics are winning Sorry right now. That. Sorry, they're losing. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, I had, to go, I had to go answer another fan mail request. Somehow they DM straight to my email, so uh, <laughs> I was distracted by it. It was actually it was actually that same blonde that Clam Chowder was talking about. She slid into my DMs, you know, after she got the berated LeBron. But I think Andres answered your question for you, Pat. The Celtics are actually down one point right now. Okay, so I was, they were. the only reason why I was asking is because I had a feeling to to place a bet on the Warriors, uh, but I abstained. So I want to know if someone were to give you. $100 on Friday, and they tell you, pick the Clippers or the Celtics. Who are you picking? Oh, man. Damn. 
you know what? I, I have to go with the Clippers, and that's only because of the t- Terminator we know uh, as Kawhi Leonard. Um, not relying on Paul George, uh, actually would rely more on like Reggie Jackson or uh, Patrick Beverly before I would rely on PG-13 or whatever his nickname is this year. But, um, <laughs> you know, the Celtics are playing – they're, they're, they're playing strong right now. Jalen Brown, he's emerged as a, as a star. He could possibly be an all-star this year. Uh, Jason Tatum is, you know, doing things that Jason Tatum usually does. A 20-point score, you know, at least five rebounds, five assists. Uh, but Kimba's kind of taking a step back, and they don't have the firepower that they had last year. And, you know, this this Clipper team, regardless of what we think of them, you know, right now they're 16-6. They lost a nail-biter tonight to the Nets, but we would all, you know, agree that the Nets are probably one of the two best teams in the East. But against this Celtic team, I'm probably going to have to go with the Clippers. What say you, Flores? I actually, I'd agree. And even though the Clippers, just like the Lakers, have had a long road, uh, road trip right now, the Celtics, with Kemba being as bad as he's played, I mean, I think he only scored, like, two or three points and he missed the game winning shot against the Lakers and which ended up being a great game uh, on Saturday. I think it was, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I definitely have to agree that I think the Clippers, especially after today, just how quickly they, they were able to come back. The Nets opened up like I think like a 10 point lead at the end and the Clippers actually made it a game still, but yeah, and PG 13 surprisingly during the regular season, I think you can't rely on him because there was, there was talks of him being MVP um recently and granted this is early on in the season and it is regular season but he can still do his thing during the regular season it's just the playoffs that's when he becomes uh pandemic p i think is what they call (laughs) 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 okay so um hopefully that's a good game on friday night because there's not really much else to watch um let's just go right into saturday there are a lot of uh, rivalry college basketball games starting at 9 a.m., going all the way until 8 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, there's actually way too many rivalry games to highlight. So let's just pick the two quickly, Andres. we got to be fast because we're already at 19 minutes. 3 p.m., North Carolina, my North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm actually wearing my hat right now because uh, they took a hard L today. Uh, against your Duke Blue Devils, who are 7-6. and six. Uh, these teams actually should be at, you know, 10, 12 wins by now, but they're not. Andres, are you sticking with Duke? Of course I'm sticking with Duke. That's my team. i got to represent it. And I, especially any team that you're rooting for, I always got to go against. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking the Duke, Duke-y Blue, Blue Devils, baby Blue Devils. They, they look awful this year, but I think North Carolina is just as bad. So, go Duke. All right, so that's the 3 p.m. game, Duke versus North Carolina. It's going to get a lot of ratings. It's going to be a great game, regardless that they're uh, mediocre right now. Uh, And 7 p.m. This is interesting because for, I think, the second year in a row, but more specifically this year, this exact year, we have UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans. Uh, They're actually, in my opinion, either one of these teams can make an Elite Eight run. Don't call me crazy. UCLA is really good this year. And USC is not known for their hoops, but they have two seven-footers, and they're actually twins, local twins. I don't have their names pulled up right in front of me right now, but they're local. They're seven-foot twins, and they have outside shooters that can nail wide-open threes. I watched the game the other day on Thursday afternoon. The Trojans are good. Flores, you are our very own Bruin. 
I know you weren't too amped on UCLA basketball to start the season because they started off losing to San Diego State. What's what what's the vibe like as a as a Bruin going up against USC for basketball? They didn't lose a game after that until a couple of weekends ago when they unfortunately blew a and they were going to be my scumbag of the week because of how just embarrassingly just their execution was so bad at the end of the game to give Stanford a they, Stanford was taking out under the basket and had a guy cutting in and they handed it to him with 0.8 seconds left and he scored the game winning shot so UCLA took Stanford overtime and that was their second loss of the season they're ranked 21st in the country they are solid man and I was excited to see them go against Oregon, which is the other top Pac-12 team, but they haven't been able to because of cancellation. So in the meantime, they'll just have to stomp out the Trojans while they wait <laughs> on Oregon, I guess. So b- before we have you talk about the UFC event, I just want to make a note that the twins that I couldn't discuss, uh, Jimmy brought me their names. Jimmy said, hey, moron, these are the Mobley twins. I said, okay, thank you, Jimmy. These are the Mobley twins. They're really good, you guys. If you do not know much about USC basketball, this is a great game to watch. Um, and then, Flores, over to you for some UFC talk. So we have UFC Fight Night, and it's a good one. It, it starts, The main card is going to start at 5 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. We have a pay-per-view coming up next weekend, which is going to be an awesome fight. We'll get into that in next week's show. But for now, just to warm you up for that, we have a guy that everybody knows about. This guy is 47 and 18 in MMA fights. Alistair <laughs> Overeem, an absolute legend. He's going up against Alexander Volkov. So both of these guys, both of these guys are heavyweight contenders, man. Overeem got his ass knocked out a couple fights ago, but he's gone on a winning streak ever since. He's just pulled him out. He's old as hell. If you look at pictures of him now, as opposed to 10, 15 years ago, he was so much smaller back then, but he's still doing his thing. He's old as hell. We speaking of old as hell, we also have Frankie Edgar as the as the co mate as the co main event. He is an underdog going up against Corey Sandhagen. It's a bantamweight fight, so there there are a couple names on this card. The uh, I guess co co main event is it's a woman fight, Chia Son versus Renal. So. There's a lot of names to go around for this. It's something to watch if, if you have nothing else to do on Saturday and you want to watch some fights. The good thing about the UFC, it, it's not like boxing, where boxing, sometimes these guys can go 8, 10, 12 rounds and nothing will happen. Usually in the UFC, it's 15-minute fights, three rounds, five minutes apiece, and there's action involved. So get over to ESPN Plus if you want to watch some fights on Saturday night. Hey, really quick, Flores, Overeem hasn't fought since September of last year. Is that going to be the difference maker of him losing to Volkov? Well, well September's just is like yesterday in fight days. So I know, but no, Volkov I, fought, fought in October, so he's a little, you know, got the extra happiness that having it. It's, it's literally a month, dude. I don't think that's going to have anything to do with it. If Volkov wins, though, it's going to be because of what you love in fighters that reach that he has. And now they're both the same. They're both have eighty inches. But he's three inches taller, dude. So those legs also have the reach. You know what I mean? As opposed to just the hands. And Overing's barely pulled out a lot of his recent victories. Volkov, he's a lot more technical right now just because of Overing's age. So I give it to Volkov, but 
in the UFC, man, you just never know. Get the fuck out of here. And I go, don't fucking talk to my husband like that. You guessed it. Our special guest, Dan the Man, Clam Chata, is from New England. So you probably know who he's going for in this weekend's big game. Uh, It's uh, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, if you've been living under a rock for the last 10 days. Uh, Dan, over to you for your hot take and prediction on the Super Bowl. Yeah, thank God it's Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes because otherwise the big storyline would be Andy Reid against Bruce Arians. Uh, And (laughs) the truth of the matter is whoever ends up winning this game, it's going to go down in history as the worst coach to ever win a Super Bowl. It's it's a lot like what we think about Super Bowl 35 when the Ravens won and we talk about Trent Dilfer as a Super Bowl uh, champion. It's kind of unbelievable when you really think about it. Guaranteed tomorrow, or I'm sorry, guaranteed this Sunday, there's going to be some level of coaching blunders on both sides. There'll be clock mismanagement, they'll be going for two and they should just kick an extra point, kicking a field goal and giving the ball away at the end of the game, like what happened at the end of, of, uh, of, the, of the conference championships. There's going to be some sort of just nightmarish coaching scenario. And maybe it's because I'm from New England and I've been raised around excellent coaching and I understand what it means to manage game the right way um that might be kind of where this is coming from but whatever it is my standards are high and i and i'm not expecting much from the coaching staff now with that being said luckily that won't be the story that comes away from the game because the storyline is going to be tom brady winning a super bowl with somebody other than new england patriots and finally finally being a lock for the hall of fame <laughs> <laughs> So you Damn, think, dude, I think that cold, that cold air is making you miserable coming in hot. <laughs> right, so you, I'm, I'm coming in hot because it's so cold here. You, you think that if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl this year in Tampa Bay, he will be Hall of Fame? I mean, it's the one thing that's missing from his resume. He's got everything else, you know. So, <laughs> if, you know, once, once you have that, it's it's going to be kind of hard to, to keep that jacket off him. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that that's funny. Uh, that's probably the funniest joke that, that you've ever said in your life is that Tom Brady needs to win in Tampa Bay to secure his Hall of Fame bid. <laughs> and, and it's it's Andres's favorite stat. What is your favorite stat, Andres, about Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay? Uh, I mean, no one's ever done it before. And also, if Bruce Arians wins it, he's going to be the oldest coach. Tom Brady will be the oldest quarterback, uh, and he'll win it his first year in a different division, different team, different conference. Like, I mean, this guy's this guy's the goat, and he's gonna eat the baby goat alive. I think he beats up on poor little Mahomes, and uh, it's gonna be a fun Super Bowl. Yeah, and uh, you have you have everything. This is gonna be probably one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. So, Guarantee it because both offenses are, are flying high. You have both MVPs, or the last two years, won MVPs, as well as Super Bowls. This isn't this never happened before where two former uh, Super Bowl champions in the last two years get to play in the third year of the Super Bowl facing each other. So you're taking Tampa Bay? No, I'm saying, of course, I got to. Do you bet, do you bet against <laughs> Jordan? Do you bet against Jordan in the finals? I mean, well, Jordan never. Sweet, sweet voice. You got. Come on, you're not. I know you're not going against 
Tom TB12, are you? you? You got his clothing line and stocks and stocks. You just bought options for his stocks right now. You bet against Jordan? Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm up though. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, it's funny you say that, Andres, because I'm on I'm on my subreddit right now trying to drive up the stock for TB12. Um, that's <laughs> the moon, the moon. <laughs> that being said, as, as much of a Tom Brady fan as I am, I do think that the Chiefs are going to prevail victorious in this game. And they've already played once this season, and this was the game, I believe, where Tyreek Hill put up 200 yards in the first half of receiving. Um, <laughs> there's a chance that Antoine Winfield and Levante David don't play on defense. Those are two key contributors for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then going back to Clam Chowder's point about bad coaching, I mean, uh, if these two coaches, I'm not saying Bruce Bruce Arians is, you know, is John Madden, but I'm pretty sure Andy Reid is a first, first ballot Hall of Famer. And if we want to talk about bad coaching, how about, the fact that TB12 could already have his seventh ring if Bill Belichick just starts Malcolm Butler against the Eagles uh, in the Super Bowl three years ago. So saying all that to say that I think Chiefs are going to prevail in this victory. However, my bold take will be that Tom Brady, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., throws four interceptions in the Super Bowl. Oh. Wow. Wow. Um, I'll, 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 I mean, that's very bold enough. That's very bold enough. I will take. I will accept that bet. I can't speak for the rest, but I will accept that. Hell yeah, I'll accept that bet. That's not happening. <laughs> Patrick, what, Patrick, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I definitely accept that bet. Uh, I know he threw three uh, last weekend. Or In two. one half. In one half. Yeah, I know he's through three, but I mean, I accept that bold prediction. And is he really a junior? Is that really true? I'm pretty sure Tom Brady's a junior. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, Dan, New England, can you confirm that? I'm uh, Googling right now. It doesn't doesn't sound right to me. Wikipedia. Yeah, Tom Brady's a junior. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is a junior. There you go. Well, uh, so, Flores, are I you... guess now I know everything about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flores, are you accepting that bold prediction? The reason why I'm accepting that bold prediction is because it, it's actually it's right in line with my bold prediction. And if you guys accept it, I'm saying that Tyron Matthew will be the Super Bowl MVP. And if what Trump is saying happens, I think it's going to be him on the other side of two, maybe even three of those to win that MVP. Is that bold enough? I'll take that. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, it's a long shot and a dark horse, and you're not wrong for thinking that for sure. But I'll take that bet for sure. The honey I, got crazy, I got a crazy bold prediction for myself after everybody. Chimes in on whether or not they accept it. Um, that, Has a defensive that, player ever won Super Bowl MVP? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Cowboys, Larry, Larry Brown, and then uh, when the Buccaneers won it the first time, Dexter Jackson. Oh yeah, and, and Von Miller too. I, I think, think right the, when when the Broncos beat. Uh, yeah, yeah, Von yeah, Miller. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep, yeah. And I think right. that yeah. Saints, that Saints player, dude, the Saints. DB win it too when the Saints beat the Colts. I don't know. I, I could be mistaken. 
mistaken. But I just he's he's tenth or eleventh on the list of potential of odds when it comes to potential Super Bowl MVP winners. He's at plus four thousand. So it is a freaking long shot if you think about it. No, I mean I'm I'm down, dude. Like the Honey Badger winning the Super Bowl MVP is pretty random. It's pretty bold. Um, and, you know, it's it's a good call. It's a good call. Everybody's at zero. Everybody's at zero. So let, let's get some points on the board. Um, Dan, we'll go to you next for your bowl prediction because I know Andres is ready. But before we do that, Flores, you're taking the Chiefs to win, correct? I am. I actually put a bet on the Chiefs like a month and a half ago. Uh, to win the Super Bowl at that time. I think it was like week 13 or week 14. I doubled down on that bet once the playoffs started. Uh, and now I'm just, I'm, I'm cruising right now. So I'm getting great odds on this game for the Chiefs to just win outright. I'm chilling. I don't have to worry about betting anything else. I'm just chilling. <laughs> Andres, what is your bold prediction? All right, really quickly, uh, Jimmy the Stat Boy brought me the and he said that there's been 10 defensive players to be named Super Bowl MVP. Thank you, Jimmy, my boy. Uh, bull prediction. I'm actually doing a little parlay, guys. Uh, I figured this would be the last football game of the year, so why not go heavy in the betting room so I can get my 21 and sip in on some beers whenever this whole pandemic is over. Um, I am going to say that Tom Brady rushes for over 10 yards. Uh, I'm going to say that there's going to be at least five sacks total in the game or more than that Um, what else did I have oh I think there's going to be a missed extra point and uh, what was the other one Uh, I think that was it and the Bucks to win is that bold enough for you absolutely not dude are you kidding me (laughs) <laughs> and five total sacks. I think the Bucks had that many sacks against Aaron Rodgers in a half last week. What are you talking about? All right, we'll go. We'll go seven sacks and the ten rushing yards. Mind you, I lose rushing yards when they take a knee. So, and Tom Brady doesn't really run a lot. So let's uh, the ten yards is being generous. I think he can also get ten yards in one rush if you think about it. Yeah, but if he takes a knee towards the end of the game because he's going to win his seventh ring, he loses yards. Well, it's all of it, whatever it is. I mean, it's funny that we're talking about Tom Brady rushing because today is American Pharaoh's birthday, and that's exactly what Tom Brady <laughs> looks like when he runs the ball. He looks like a horse just on the loose, but an old horse, slow. Um, I think 15 rushing yards, seven sacks. One missed extra point and the Buccaneers to win. I think that's a solid bullet prediction. And I would say I would give you 14 points instead of 21. I do that. I agree with that, Pat. That I would do. But for 21, dude, those okay, are all I, really fringe numbers I, that can easily be attained. Sir, if we're going to do for, for 14 points, then I want the 10 rushing yards and the 7 sacks. I'll take the 7 sacks as... as for 14 points. Fine. But for 21, it's, it's at 15 rushing yards. But I'll take the 14. All right. I'm down for that. For the 14, 10, and 7. Chance? 
I'm down for it as well. I accept it. Okay. Um, Dan, have you come up with a bold prediction yet? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to follow in a, a similar fashion to what Andre's uh, style was. I mean, you know, I'm not here every week, so I want to get all 21 points this weekend. Um, so Let's I'm go. going to – so I'm going to go with a three-part bold prediction. All three have to hit for me to hit 21. If none hit, I get zero. Um, and I'll be included in whatever this uh, next payout is for whoever wins this next 21. I'm going to call this the one, two, three bold prediction. Tom Brady is going to score one rushing touchdown, two passing touchdowns, and Mahomes is going to throw three interceptions. I'm just going to say that's bold enough. Let's do it. Rack it up. Rack it up for the Jets. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with the one, with the only, with the one thing that wouldn't be changed. Tom Brady throwing instead of two, three touchdowns. That messes up the one, two, three, though. All right, I can do oh, that. I see what you're saying. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. I don't know if Mahomes will throw three touchdowns. Well, no, because. One, two, three, I think it's good. It can still be one, two, three, because it could be one and two threes. Brady's passing touchdowns to three if Mahomes can drop down to two interceptions. So one no, no, touchdown. I, no, no, way. no, no. I like the other way. I like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no faith in Mahomes, huh? No faith in Mahomes. No, no, I like that. That's why. Yeah, you have faith. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. One, two, three. Let's go. Okay. No, I, I accept that bold prediction. And then, um, my bold prediction is that Travis Kelsey scores two touchdowns and has over 175 passing or receiving yards. I'll take that. Wait, for, for 14 points or 21 points? Just, just, no, that's just no, a, that's, seven, that's seven points. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that for sure. Two TDs and 175 receiving yards. Um, Chance. You know, yours yours is, is bold enough, in my opinion. I do have uh, a suggested amendment for Clam Chowders uh, <laughs> uh, for his bold prediction. I'll take the one, two, three, but that has to be your bold prediction only hits if the Bucks win, because all of that could very well happen. And I'm not even worried about the first two. You got to think about the power of Patrick Mahomes. This dude could literally throw three picks and still win the game. So mm. if he caps that off with a bust victory, I'll accept that one, two, three bet. I'll take that amendment. Duly noted. All right, Pat, back to yours. Yes, yours is bold enough in my opinion. All right. Two TDs, 175 yards for Patrick. Andres, Brady has to get 10 rushing yards. The game has to have seven sacks, one missed extra point, and the Bucks to win for you to get 14 points. <laughs> Chance, um, Brady has to throw four interceptions. Flores, Tyron Matthew is the Super Bowl MVP. Dan, we just went over your details. The one, two, three package deal. It's set. And for the record, myself, Patrick, I'm going with the Chiefs. Sorry. We all know I love Tom Brady. It's just that. I couldn't decide who I was going to go for, so I went with the team that never got the shit kicked out of them this year, and I believe uh, Tampa Bay got the shit kicked out of them twice to the same team, exposing them to what can happen. I don't like it. I took my money elsewhere. 
So that's what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. If all these bowl predictions hit, we got to figure out a way to send this episode to the Dan Patrick show. Not last week's episode because Andres, <laughs> Andres talked a little shit last episode. <laughs> but this episode, we got to figure out how to get it if all these bowl predictions hit. We hope everybody enjoys the game. Stay safe. Scumbag of the night coming up next. have our first super guest of the year dan the man clam chowder thank you dan for staying up late we know it's 11 30 where you are we'll start it off with you you have a scumbag of the night to present to the audience take it away i do and uh my scumbag of the night it was mentioned a few weeks ago on, on an episode by brian and um and i want to bring him back because it's things have just been confirmed um, that I want to break right here, right now, on Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Um, I got this from one of my sauces over at Good Morning America. But <laughs> Khabib, who had previously retired and said that after his father passed away, he promised his mom that he was never going to fight again. And maybe this is me as a new father um, feeling you know, wronged by a son. Um, but this guy has always been a villain and he kind of won the hearts of, uh, of uh, you know, the MMA world um, after this and, and after he gave that you know, moving speech about his father and everything. And now he's just, as soon as the money starts calling, he comes you know, crawling back, ready to make another couple bucks. And uh, it's just been confirmed by my sauces that Khabib Nurmagomedov is going to be fighting George St. Pierre um, in an upcoming uh, MMA uh, UFC fight. And so Khabib is my scumbag of the night. B-Flow, who's your scumbag of the night? That is some breaking news, dude. I didn't even know that that was like announced or anything. It looks like the guy, uh, the manager for Khabib, deleted the tweet after it. But just the fact that it got put out there, whenever those things get mentioned, it's for a reason. So that is insane. I can't believe that that news was broken to all the fans here on Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Good shit, Dan. My scumbag of the night, it stays... Not in the octagon, but in the ring. Stays with combat sports. My scumbag of the night is Brandon Marshall. Jesus Christ, Brandon Marshall, what are you doing? This guy told TMZ Sports, you can't compare me to Deontay Wilder. I'm not Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, obviously, we know him for his power. He's a freak athlete. But what I'd say... I would challenge Deontay Wilder to dive a little deeper into the sweet science. And that's where I think I separate myself from a lot of these heavyweights. So Brandon Marshall is calling out still, in my opinion, the most dangerous guy in the world because nobody, you can mention Francis Ngannou's name, but nobody punches harder than Deontay Wilder. And Brandon Marshall has never fought a, a second in a professional boxing match, and he's now calling out. He's a 36-year-old. Don't get me wrong, he's 6'5", 232, and Deontay's 6'7", 231 pounds, so the size is kind of there, but you've never fought. Granted, you've been training since 2018, it seems, and he's gotten some love from Evander Holyfield, but to come out and say that 
you're a top-notch heavyweight right now in that you're trying to fight before September, and if it doesn't happen, you're going to retire from boxing. How are you going to retire when you've never even started it? I'm looking for Brandon Marshall to get in the ring against maybe Jake Paul or Logan Paul, but against Deontay Wilder, you're out of your mind, especially the way that you just completely disrespected Deontay Wilder by saying that you're a better boxer and would outclass him. That just, to me, is insane. I, I had no idea that this was happening. So thank you for bringing this to my attention. I mean, I, I've always, I've always thought he was great. He's, he's been great on the networks, you know, uh, NFL network. I, I've always thought, you know, he's been doing really well there. CBS. Um, this is something that, I mean, it's only eight 30 where we are. It's 1130 where Dan is, but I'm going to read up on this after the show. Thank you. Flores chance sticking with retired NFL players, ruining his sports happiness, because that's what the scumbag of the night does. It sucks the happiness away from us. Chance, over to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I won't give this guy too much uh, too much airtime because he's truly a piece of shit, despicable human being. But the guy that I'm talking about is none other than Seattle Seahawks, former, or I should say former Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman, Chad Wheeler. And for those who don't know, this is a guy – you know, born and raised in Santa Monica uh, and his privilege, went to USC, played for both the Giants and the Seahawks this year for the Seahawks as a backup offensive tackle. But this gentleman, I shouldn't even give him that designate, designation, this piece of fucking shit was recently arrested because he, on January 23rd, beat his wife and was arrested on three felony counts of domestic violence uh, got released on a $400,000 bond but the reason that he beat up his wife not to say that there's any reason why any man should ever put his hands on a woman is because she wouldn't bow to him okay now mind you guys this this guy is also someone who back in December of 2015 was involved in the domestic um, violence uh, dispute at USC on campus so obviously someone who has a pattern, uh, who obviously needs to get help, but he's a piece of shit because he tried to go on Twitter afterwards and say that, oh, I hope everything's okay with the abuser and, you know, give the fake obligatory, uh, you know, uh, apology that, you know, most athletes or most people do when they mess up that bad. But to couple him being my scumbag of the night, Patrick, I'm also going to throw out the Seattle Seahawks because mm. they literally put out a tweet saying that they released him. That was it. Like, know that, you know, we, we disown or disavow anything he does. You know, nothing like that. Nothing condemning domestic uh, disputes or domestic violence. They just said that they had released him and that he had cleared waivers. So, or that he was no longer a part of the Seattle Seahawks organization. So, Seattle, shame on you. Chad Wheeler, I hope you drop the soap fucking every fucking day in jail because that's what you deserve. You are my fucking scumbag. Maybe not even of the night, or the week, maybe of the fucking month. Yeah, that um that story broke like I think it was last Wednesday, like right when the weekend started. And um sure enough, he um surfaced as one of our scumbags of the night. Uh, I I could not believe that he actually told somebody, another person, like to bow down to him. Like, not even I mean, as a joke, like when you talk about it with your friends, that's different, but 
it was just very, very shocking. Just when you think you've heard it all, and you know, the five of us, we definitely follow a lot of sports. And just when you think you've heard it all, uh, Chad Wheeler goes and kind of shocks the world with with what happened. And uh, Andres, uh, are you shocked that this woman of her caliber, the people she hangs out with, who she thinks she is, are you shocked about her actions last night in Atlanta? Oh, are you referring to the courtside carrot as everybody's been dubbing her? <laughs> uh, her name is uh, Juliana. What is her name? Juliana Carlos. I don't even want to say her name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she, you know, I don't know. I don't know her life. I don't know anything. She claims that she, she's 25. I highly doubt it. She probably looks like she's 35 with all the cosmetic work she's done. And, you know, probably the gold digger, let's call it like it is, continuing her husband is probably in his 60s. But yeah, good for her. I'm not in the game uh, with a player at that matter. But, like, I don't know what was said. I don't, I don't, no one really knows what was said. But LeBron and her went at it, talking some shit. Uh, she's a fighter because her husband is a cuck, it looks like. So I, he's more my scumbag for not defending his wife or being on the court. But that's just me. Um, I don't, I want to know what was actually said for mm-hmm. her to pop off like that. Um, you know, she had courtside. I, look, it, it must be nice, right? No one's really seeing games, but in Atlanta, they're allowing certain fans or a limited amount. She's seeing courtside. What do you got to say when it's, there's no one else there? Like, you don't think he's going to hear you? Like, everybody's going to hear you. Why you, now you're probably going to get banned or you're not welcome back for the year. So, like, I don't, I, she's just a scumbag. She's just, she's just this entitled little Instagram model, gold digging uh, piece of junk that, you know, I, I come from money. My daddy takes care of me and I can talk shit to LeBron, even though this guy is a six foot nine athlete, you know, bring, he's just stacked. Like, he's going to crush my husband. <laughs> and yet you're speaking like your mighty mouse. Um, I don't, I don't understand it. But you're my scumbag because there's no need. Uh, now, I think she probably did for publicity. Her and uh, Jake Paul are probably going to have their own YouTube channel together once it's all said and done. So, yeah, it's just a scumbag move. You don't do shit like that. Look, I get it. I've been there and I'm yelling at the opposing team or players, but heckling, but never maliciously. But, I, you know, I'm sure LeBron gets it all the time. I don't understand it. And for you to be now a fucking national news. That's scummy. So you're my scumbag of the night. I hope you, uh, I hope you lose all your money in the uh, GameStop trade. I'm sure your husband's <laughs> doing that right now, trying to short it. So, you know, goodbye your season tickets for Atlanta. I have a and, uh, and really quick, really quick. I was just gonna say, my scumbag is people that feel like <laughs> this is just a regular fan. If this was normal attendance. This is all game, every game for all of these NBA players. We see all these Instagram videos of people heckling James Harden. Hey, James Harden, when are you actually going to try to score back? James Harden snaps back at the fan. It's just because there was almost nobody else in the stadium that it actually became a story. But if you go in and you see some of the things that LeBron James was saying back to him, calling full steroid ass, shut the fuck up, like, also, because there's nobody there, the players are able to talk shit back to the fans like they maybe normally wouldn't. So, 
My scumbag in a way is people that feel like Andres over this person that's just a fan at the end of the day. They hate her because of the way that, you know, she looks and she's a bimbo looking potentially, you know, gold digger and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just a fan that's there talking shit, heckling like any other game. But it's a story because LeBron even said she shouldn't have been kicked out because he knows this is normal. It's just the refs, if anything, are the scumbags here for going to that extra level when LeBron James himself is saying, I disagree, they should not have been kicked out. I think, uh, real quick, uh, last note, she apologized. I think even more so, if it was me, I wouldn't apologize to LeBron. I'd be like, this motherfucker, he called me out, I called him, I'm not going to apologize to him. So, I think that it's even more so that she actually made a statement, like, I'm sorry for doing it. I would have been like, you know what, fuck it. I ain't apologize. Well, you know what, though, Andres? I, I don't think she... she so, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think she necessarily apologized for cursing at LeBron. I think she apologized for just cursing and lowering her mask. She never... From from what I read, she didn't say outright, I apologize to LeBron James. I think she was just like, you're I apologize for my conduct. I apologize for lowering my mask. And yeah, you're right. Jimmy brought, he brought me... He was, yeah, my, uh, removing my mask in the heat of the moment. And so, yeah, you're right. She didn't apologize specifically towards LeBron. So, you know what? All right, so she's not that bad of a scumbag. But she's dumb for you to know that she's the only one there and everybody hears it. So, you know, you run that risk of being kicked out. But that's what we all want. That's what we all want for the fucking players to actually hear us talking shit. And all these people are tested, too. It's not like she's in there and potentially could give COVID to the players because all these fans in there get tested before going in. So... Again, I don't. I think this is getting way out of proportion, and if anything, the refs are for sure the scumbags there. So if 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 um Daddy Carlos skates though, you know nothing happened to Daddy <laughs> Carlos. He he got off scot free, and um I'm gonna take this. Well, puppet. Go ahead. Go ahead ben, I'm sorry. No, I was just I was just gonna say I, I in the same article that I was reading about her her apology, I was reading where he actually is the one, as we all might suspect that really hates Braun. You know what I'm saying? Like, apparently yeah. he's, he's posted stuff on Instagram that says, can you see how much I hate this guy? So, you know, I, I can't remember which one of y'all. might have been Clam Chowder who said that he was a cuck. But um, maybe that's why he hates LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he just has some <laughs> fantasy. He does live in Atlanta, which is like 60% black. So maybe he's got some cuck fantasy with LeBron and LeBron turned him down. But go ahead, Pat. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to take this opportunity. Since we actually have a former uh, Division One athlete in Dan the Man Clam Chowder on the show, what has been said to you, Dan? I know you've been into enemy territory before. What's the worst thing you've heard to you or your team? So I, I remember one game we were playing up again in, in, in Massachusetts. I'm not going to say which uh, which school in particular, but uh, we were playing up in Massachusetts and the way that the field was set up. I'm, I was a goalkeeper uh, on, on the soccer team and the way the field was set up, the goal was right back against the, the fence and the bleachers where all the fans sat. In this one particular game, it was an unruly fan section and the ball went out for a goal kick and it went right up against the fence and I saw a couple guys standing right over the ball and as I jogged over, the ball boys weren't giving me the ball. And as I jogged over to the, to get the ball, I, I braced myself because I knew something was coming. And sure enough, at this time, I had my, my head, I had a buzz cut, and I hadn't shaved my, my face or my neck in, you know, 
for a while. So I was kind of like a hairy looking guy. And as I'm coming over, they're like, oh, you're the, the ugliest player in the NCAA. And as they get real close, they look at me and I, I make the mistake of making eye contact with one of the guys. And he looks me dead in the eye with fire. And he goes, you look like a fucking meerkat. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to, as, as I came off the field, one of my teammates said, hey, that guy say to you that made you laugh? He said, I told him, I said, call me a meerkat. And uh, that ended up sticking as my nickname for the rest of my college career. <laughs> hey, well, you know, do, you have a, do, you have a, do you have a stamp fan of a meerkat? <laughs> no, but I'm sure I have some uh, some pictures that I can dig up if you want to throw them on the uh, on the Insta story at oh, some man. point. So I mean, <laughs> who gets the last laugh though? Because you will be on Good Morning America this Friday. So that's right. The meerkat prevails. Uh, thank you, Dan. We appreciate your time. Uh, thank you again for joining us, uh, gentlemen. Good luck on your bets this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, our listeners, you will never be our scumbags. We love each and every one of you. Keep it pumping. As Flores says, uh, we are being listened to all over the world these days. I don't know who is listening in Sweden, Belgium, France, and the Philippines, but we hope you love us and we hope you can understand us. Um, And we will see you guys next weekend.